Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I butt-dialed you from the bar last night. Right, okay. I wondered what that was. Do you know what? It, and do you know what? Uh-huh. You were the third person to call me. What? While I was asleep. What? Right, I had a FaceTime from my friend Andrew, who was uh-huh. getting really excited because Neil Patrick Harris is now being told he's starring in the um, series of Unfortunate Events. Oh, I didn't Netflix that. show. That's awesome. Right? That is so exciting. Yeah. So obviously he FaceTimed me. Right. While I was asleep. And that was when I, I woke up. I woke up to that, like, really weird. Then I got a, just a cold call uh-huh. from an unknown number. Uh-huh. And then you from on Facebook. I didn't even know Facebook did phone calls <laughs> hey they do and your butt wants to talk to me somebody get us another drink i'm eating soup so if this turns into an asmr video this is between really sorry <laughs> between you having the flu and me having a cold i mm-hmm. think this is just gonna be great audio throughout the whole thing yeah there's going to be lots of, like, All the sounds. throughout it. And... Actually, uh, the, even the little, like, mouth bits are annoying me, so I'm just <laughs> going to turn my level down. Woo. Okay, well, hey, we're back. We're back. Happy New Year, Jimmy. Happy New Year. Tommy, did you have a good holiday? I did. There was lots of, lots of celebrating, lots of revelry. Lots, lots of mirth. Lots of mirth. Plenty of mirth. Good. I love a good mirthy holiday. Lots of, lots of frankincense. How about you? Um, yeah, it was great. It was great. That's but that's a bit into report. I feel like. Do you feel like this? See, as you're like growing up, uh-huh. the holidays just become more about like that was a nice meal. Yeah, um, and less about anything else. Yeah, that's it's, what I, it's like well, I got you know, I got to sleep. Like, mm-hmm. it makes me feel very old man, very beardy. And then we get back and everyone's asked like, "Oh, how was your holiday?" And you're like, "Meh." He's like, yeah, I have nothing, nothing. I have nothing to share with you. I go to work, and people yeah. are like, did you do anything fun? And I'm like, mm, I mean, yeah, <laughs> fun for me. Yeah, <laughs> since I did nothing. Yeah. So are you back at work, man? I am back at work. We are. I'm in between Bring It On and Bye Bye Birdie, and it's going great. Hooray! From your visual right now, it looks like you're really happy. It's, <laughs> just, it's, <laughs> it's so much all at once. They reran that Lim and Miranda uh, sixty minutes special about him, mm. where he talks about the two musicals he's written, right in the Heights and Hamilton. Mm-hmm. You know the two musicals. Oh wait, he wait, wrote. did you only? Say, oh right, I just figured it was then from it's, Bring On Day, but no, it's, it's my favorite thing in the world. They were like, he doesn't even talk about this show, and I was like, I know. It is weird how, yeah, but I mean, fair enough. Come on, That's, I wouldn't talk about it. 
I know. <laughs> but actually, do you know what's interesting? It's like, yeah. um, sometimes, you know, he'll still defend the frogs. <laughs> He's a proud man. <laughs> and he keeps beating that seesaw dead horse. Which he's right. Just, just gotta let that go. Exactly. That's Many things you have to let go Sunday. And one of them is bad musicals. Not bad. Mm-hmm. Just not the best. Not musicals. as good. Not as good. You no. can do better work. Right. Showcase your better work. Right. But what are we talking about today? It's Candor and Ebb Month, apparently. It's Candor and Ebb Month. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a, a song they'd write. Before we talk about Cabaret, we have to talk about our trivia question from from mm-hmm. yestertime. Some people got it right. I've got, I know Emily sent us a Twitter message. I got a Tumblr message from uh, uh, Saxman481 again. Oh, Saxman! Saxman. Yes. Saxman's getting them. He's doing, he's the one to beat, guys. A, a frequent, frequent caller. Well, I've lost my mobile, so. That's right. I got it, I got it. Oh, yeah, check. Online. I forget you can access the internet on the internet. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ian. Ian got it just just under the wire. Well done, bravo! So, what what was the answer? Yeah. Well, the Tell question us. was: After Auld Lang Syne, which Candor and Ebb song is played in Times Square every New Year's? Mm-hmm. And the key the key to this question, Jimmy, is you have to know that Times Square is in New York City. And I didn't know that. I didn't know it. I've heard about it once or twice, this place, Times Square. It's, and it's, I wasn't aware of it. I was like, something to do with time. Oh, I don't know. Some, some, sort, of, some sort of shape, time time triangle, mm. time rectangle. So I thought it was something to do with space. So I thought it was <laughs> space oddity. But they have a bow. They look great. They have a bow. Uh, and the answer, of course, is New York, New York. New York, New York. Who knew, by the way, that Catner and Ed brought that? Who knew? And that Liza Minnelli sings it every chance she gets. Exactly. She wakes up in the morning halfway through the song. <laughs> Stars were red, and off she goes, shaking about the place. I don't know if I'll put this in, but when they play Liza Minnelli singing New York, New York at the gay bar, right before the key change, and it goes down tempo, and she goes, My little town blues! That's beautiful. The, if, I'll see, maybe I can find the video. She does this thing with her hand where it like goes back and forth very rapidly uh-huh. <laughs> and the whole bar yells, show us how you masturbate. And it's <laughs> the funniest damn thing. Is this this magical bar in Chicago that you always tell me about? It's the magical bar in Chicago that has Musical Mondays that I butt dialed you from. Right. Oh, wait, this is what. It, oh, great. Oh, it I was. feel honored that I was there. But I did. It wasn't. They weren't playing musicals because it wasn't Monday. So. Oh, boring. <laughs> I would never go. So yeah, New New York, New York. I love it. So yeah, well done, those who got that. But we already told you what we we're actually talking about. Cabaret. What good is sitting alone in your room? Come hear the music play. Life is a cabaret, old chum. Come to the cabaret. The seminary Candor and Ebb piece. Would you would you call it their best musical? I think it's their best musical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, sorry, I was like, yeah. And I was like, well, I should think about that answer. But no, com- completely. Yeah, completely and utterly. Yeah. Do you like it? Do you like it more than Chicago? I do. Yeah, I do. It's weird. So I mean, we'll we'll get into this obviously as, as mm. we chat. But Cabaret, if if I ever attribute something getting me into musical theater, yeah, it's Cabaret. Yeah. It was the first film that my dad showed me. Really? Yeah. 
because my my dad like does this interesting thing where he'll just like be like you should watch this uh-huh. at like different points in my life as if like you're ready now to watch it. <laughs> so one of them was Cabaret. That's his, one of his like all time favorite films. Mm-hmm. Other one was Rocky Horror as well. That came really at a later stage. Yep. Uh huh. And um, it's like you're ready. <laughs> and great. I like you know what I mean. I do love him. So yeah, I I would. What would you say? Would you agree? Would I you mean, say it was? I I find both Cabaret in Chicago so interesting because they both had the same journey like right. their original productions were very very different from the productions we know them for now and it's weird to me that that's a thing that Candor and Ebb shows do I know I'm so excited for the visit movie and then in <laughs> 2045 and it's it's a very reduced it production of, like Bob Fosse inspired choreography Exactly. I know Bob Fosse will return somehow <laughs> yeah. and do the choreography with Chita Rivera, who will probably still be alive. She'll probably still be there, kicking about. She's going to need a new hip if she's going to do that choreography. I mean... I don't think she does. I think her hips are made of adamantium. <laughs> like, she's the Wolverine of musical theatre. Honestly, though, it's true. It is true. Chita Rivera is the Wolverine of musical theatre. <laughs> because I actually I got to see her in um, mm. Druid, and I, oh, I couldn't believe fabulous. what I was watching. She's so good. She's so good. Telling my friends stuff like, do you realize her age? Please just th- think about her age yeah. while she's doing these kicks. Oh, it's she's crazy. She's unstoppable. But she wasn't in cabaret. She wasn't. Liza Minnelli was. And this is this is the problem I have with all recordings of cabaret. Mm-hmm. They don't have Liza Minnelli in them. And it just <laughs> makes me so sad. See, I, I don't mind. I don't really? mind. I've, yeah, I don't mind. Because mm-hmm. I've now gotten to the the stage of peace um, in my life. <laughs> I hope you get there too. The post-Liza piece? <laughs> yeah, where it's like, okay, I get the film, uh-huh. and I get Liza and her greatness, but I also get why Sally Bowles mm-hmm. is shit and British. That's true, that's true. In the musical, you know? And I appreciate them both. For for Maybe for our listeners who don't know, if, you, if your only experience of Cabaret is the film, yeah. you should know that the stage musical is is different it's very different very different it's it's i'm trying to like compare it to another like movie adaptation but i can't actually think of anything that's as stretched it's not different in a bad way i mean i think the movie's fabulous did it win oscars because i know fossey won i was looking at this earlier best director and best actress and Best Supporting Actor, it did not win Best Film. It didn't win Best Picture, okay. Yeah. Wow, this Wikipedia article takes a lot of a lot of um, liberties. Today, Cabaret is considered one of the greatest musical films ever. Wow. I'd say that's true. Has it got a citation for that one? It has three citations for that. For that quote? It's on a bunch of uh, top movie musical lists. And it's a great movie musical. It's just it's different. True. It it's is. different from the stage play. The stage play is yeah. much less about Sally Bowles. I, what I think the movie does, or what mm-hmm. I think the movie did, yeah. was it was almost like the original production mm-hmm. was the workshop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Fossey was like, great effort, guys. Honestly, yeah. that was such a good effort. I'll just show you how it's done. Exactly. And then he put his obviously masterful genius spin mm-hmm. on it uh-huh. and made it what it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Because everything that's come after has been beautiful. Has been influenced by the movie. Absolutely. And not the original production. Not the original. It is stunning to me that um, maybe this time was not a song originally written for Cabaret. Exactly. I think that's such an interesting fact that I think a lot of people might not even realise. If, if you've not 
seen the musical. Yeah. Maybe this time, wasn't it? It was, it was, was it written? I take it written for Eliza. I believe it was written for an unproduced musical. Like, oh, it's really, it started off as a, a trunk song, uh, that they threw in, you know, I mean, threw in doesn't, doesn't do it justice, right. but <laughs> that they just put in the movie. That's so interesting. The difference between maybe this time at the beginning and Cabaret at the end, it just, like, the song Cabaret doesn't work without maybe this time. Well, I, again, I, I disagree, because yeah. I'm at that piece, I'm at the piece <laughs> level. So, because that, I think when when Sally Bowles is there, uh-huh. as this kind of foil to Cliff, yeah. it, she, it, you know, you don't, she doesn't need to have an 11 o'clock number. Yeah. Because that isn't her purpose, if you know what I mean. Does that make sense? You disagree? I I don't know. I st- I struggle with uh, stage play Sally Bowles a lot. Okay. So, oh, great. This is this is good. Okay. This is good. Talk I, to me. I'm not I'm not satisfied with any of the portrayals I've seen of her, and I don't think okay. that's the actress's fault. I think it's a a very it's a multifaceted character that like doesn't come off well in the book like there's not it's hard to take the piece that is cabaret and portray everything that sally bowles needs to be in the time she gets on stage i guess okay so what what do you think what do you think she needs to achieve then what do you think i think i don't know i know what i struggle with i know she comes off as like from the very beginning she comes off as annoying and overly coquettish and like just it it is a struggle to see how cliff falls in love with this annoying annoying girl throughout the thing uh-huh. and she needs to have this air of mystery and air of like this the you know whole carpe diem about her like let's let's live today for today that makes her wonderful and mysterious and then to watch that suddenly fall down throughout the whole show but mm-hmm. because we're focusing on the the much more important b plot of um the the older couple whose name i always forget schneider and schneider and fraulein the guy. um no it's fraulein Her- schneider fraulein and schneider and Herr schultz Schmidt? Uh, schultz schultz because and that's the much more important story but because we're focusing on that we don't mm-hmm. get the time to see sally be this mysterious figure you know filled mm-hmm. with sexual intrigue Okay, so I'm going to posit something to you. Uh-huh. Allow me to posit. <laughs> I, will, I will allow you to posit. Let's enter into a parallel universe, okay? okay. Mm-hmm. Where Tommy has not seen Liza Minnelli play Sally Bowles in the film adaptation of Cabaret. Okay? That's absolutely the problem. It's, that's, that's what I was saying about you have, to, you have yeah. to let them exist in different worlds because Liza does it so well. Uh-huh. A, because... She's Liza. <laughs> right, exactly. But B, because it's a different role. It it's a different, different part. But it's still... The, the, the scene I struggle with is the uh, moving out scene. Right. You know, the where we discover that either... In the, in the stage play, it's really ambiguous whether she was actually pregnant or had an abortion or what, but mm-hmm. baby be gone, and whether she's going to go with Cliff. And in the stage play, it just feels like melodrama. It just feels like... You know, oh boo hoo! We're watching some arty French film, and I I struggle to get into it. And then Cabaret follows, which is supposed to be this like big, moving, wonderful number, and it's written that way. But I just, you know, she got her comeuppance if she's not a like likable character. 
so interesting. Just going to completely disagree. <laughs> this is good. This is a good moment. This yeah. is a good moment. With people have been wanting us to have this. <laughs> and I mean, I don't, I don't think it's like I have yet to see or find the production that does it perfectly exactly how I want it. I have struggles with the film as well. Um, uh-huh. Are kind of around the same thing. I just, and I think part of it is I don't know what I want to. Yeah, this is it. It's like you feel like, oh, you're on to something, but... But it's... I don't know how to how to do it. Have you ever seen Jane Horrocks do it? No. I think it was London... I don't 1994. think so. It was, wait, is is she the telecast one? Because there's, um, a, there's a, an early 90s telecast that I saw bits and pieces of. Um, a UK one? Yeah, UK. It, at the, at the Don, changed it all. At the Don Mar? At the Don Mar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don Mar. I think... I don't know if I saw if it was her... It was definitely She's, um, Alan Cumming. Uh, no, the th- yeah, uh, Alan Cumming. You would, you would know. Okay, okay. <laughs> you would know. Um, because mm-hmm. it's everything it needs to be. Jane Horrocks is a fantastic actress, uh-huh. right? Really, really good actress. And I think she's the best one to watch to see if, if you're, like, weaning yourself off the movie. Uh-huh. Because... She's so different from Liza vocally yeah. that you you can't compare them. And I'll put I'll put her cabaret in the show notes. Okay, because it's no, I have. She's the she she screams through the end of cabaret. Yeah, yes, yes. How I did have that seen not her. Change your life. <laughs> I thought she was great. Uh-huh. I I still there's something, and maybe it's just in the script, but there's something so whiny and flippant about right. Sally but I, I get, uh-huh, but that's that's her. She's divine decadence. Do you know what I mean? She she you don't need to like her, I feel. Yeah. I don't think you really need to like many of the characters in this because they're all so flawed. And apart from MC who exists in his own world, but that's the whole thing is that they all have this view of the world as it stands in Weimar, you know, Germany, that is is not the right one, and the only way that you can kind of have the right view is you have to go through it, and you right. have to be where we are now, looking back. Yeah, that was a little bit of a tangent, but I think I don't know. For for me, she is un- unstoppable. Like it, she gives me shiver, shakes, everything. Yeah, and it works in tandem so well with Alan Cumming. I mean, yeah. Let should we pause for a minute and just talk about Alan Cumming? Ah, uh, Alan Cumming. <laughs> have you seen? Um, the Kanderneb Kennedy Award Center performance. I've not actually no. It's awesome. They do. They bring out. It's Alan Cumming doing uh, Vilkomen with uh-huh. the with the Chicago girls, um, and they're honoring Kanderneb and a bunch of stuff. And he gets through the first verse, and he goes to cabaret, oh cabaret, ladies and gentlemen, the original MC. Oscar winner Joel Grey. And he spins around, and behind him is Joel Grey. <gasps> oh, that's beautiful. It's amazing. <laughs> and then they do the, and then he does his thing, and just to see the contrast of these yeah. two wonderfully different actors playing the same yeah. role, like on opposite ends of the spectrum. Exactly. Is amazing. 
yeah, the MC is such a wonderfully written role oh, because it's, it's barely been written. It's and one of my. It's one of my. It so good. One of my dream roles. I would love. Right. To play it's, an it's, MC. It's, it's, it's same with me. Same with me because I, there's only a few roles that I'd be like, oh, I would, I would do that. I would love to do that at one point. Yeah. And M three is completely at the top because it's just so fascinating. Yeah. You can do whatever you want with it. Yeah. I mean, I think the MC embodies what made Cabaret a revolutionary musical. Like the combination right. of the, the the first concept musical in a lot of ways. The first concept yeah. Uh-huh. Was the this kind of blending of narrative and I don't know, existentialism. Yeah, he's kind of like the foreshadow to like something like the leading player or something yeah, like that. For sure. Because he's so he's so ambiguous but so powerful yeah he is so much power on that stage his status is non-existent because it's too high like it's fascinating it's absolutely fascinating um and i i mean alan cumming obviously joel gray is the epitome right and he's because he's joel gray he he originated it he is he is the mc but then alan cumming took he is i would say like contemporary cabaret Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean is the cabaret for the world that we live in at the moment yeah which is very very different to the 60s yeah and he does it so goddamn well it's so wonderful it's it's terrifying like it's weird so i mean you know my feelings about bootlegs mm. cabaret is one of the very few musicals <laughs> that i will bootleg because it, it just watching him that's yeah. thing is i don't really care about the production i do the person amazing right. we'll talk about but that. it's just but looking watching at him coming. and his face oh. exactly that i mean that first revival at the Donmar, I think, is that like that's changed cabaret for good. Oh, absolutely! You can't you can't do it the old fashioned way anymore. You can't because you'd just be like, well, that's enough, isn't it? It's just not well. <laughs> and the number of things they rewrote and they made it so much yeah. more pointed and heavy yeah. and just yeah. wonderful. And that's the thing. So, I guess let's let's talk a bit about kind of cabaret as a concept musical, cabaret as a book musical because it's yeah. it's the two sides of the coin. Well, because it so it started out as it was going to be basically a cabaret, a bunch of cabaret yes. songs with the plot interspersed throughout it, but in very separate worlds. Yeah. And that slowly devolved into the cabaret we have today, where there's this wonderful blending of the Kit Kat Club and what's going on in the outside world. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how you feel about it. Uh-huh. I think like the book part uh-huh. is really math. Um, and I can't, I think it was the Don Mar that did it first, where they they kept it all in the cabaret. Yeah, well, is that right? They they made it much more ambiguous, right? Because they like staged the you know conversations between Herschelts and Florian Schneider, and mm-hmm. that yeah, it was it was it was ambiguous. It was like, is this happening? Are the characters right? Don't know. But that, I mean, I think that's where a lot of the concept comes from, even in the original. While it may not have been, like, I think the the original production was a little more cut and dry. Like we are outside mm-hmm. the cabaret right now, and a little more, yeah. um, like less representational in its design of it. Yeah. But then you'd immediately go into a song by the MC commenting on the thing that just happened, presumably down the street across exactly, the block. Exactly. Yeah. But I I like the kind of Sam Mendes way yeah. of keeping it all in in the one place because mm-hmm. it's I think 
for the the content that you're dealing with, yeah, it almost makes it more believable. Mm. Is that it's like we kind of talked about earlier a little bit with Sweeney Todd? Is is that political theater? Yeah, where you're really hitting an audience hard with these issues. Mm-hmm. You don't want them to buy into this lovely romance story of Herr Schultz and Fräulein Schneider because you you just want to understand why it's so crap. What happens to them? You know what I mean? It's the only way to experience the history, like. Mm-hmm. We, you can talk about the situations that led up to World War II until your face is blue. And until you're sitting in the audience at some art piece like Cabaret, you as a person with a soul is not going to have that sense of how we got there and what it felt like and all that stuff. And that's exactly. the beautiful thing about Cabaret. It is. It's that feeling. I, I just... You don't get that feeling mm-hmm. anywhere else. Yeah, I, I don't think I'd be moved by a piece of theater and yeah. like shaken. Yeah, that much until I saw I saw the Will Young one. But it, oh, oh, it's wonderful that moment when uh, the MC goes, you know, where are your troubles now? Yeah, it's wonderful because he's he's he promises at the very beginning we have you know all your troubles will be gone. We have no troubles here. And at the very least, exactly. see, you're not worried about your life now. But also, I think in a little flip side way um, mm-hmm. of, because there's, I've, I've watched a few recently uh-huh. while I've been researching, and between, because he did two productions, because he went to Broadway, uh-huh. and the change from the Donmar uh-huh. to Broadway uh-huh. is really interesting really? because he delivers it completely differently. Yeah. So Donmar, he's a, a lot more playful and coy until he, can I like reveal what happens? Is, uh, yeah, that's fine. It's not going to be on again. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, yeah. He, um, when he takes off the, the jacket mm-hmm. and he's like really coy and playful and, and teasy until that point. Then on Broadway, uh-huh. he almost is speaking like, a Gestapo guard um, and is a lot more forceful so instead of like sort of saying like you said like you you know you guys you have no troubles he's doing it the opposite and saying you're not allowed to have troubles here you're not allowed to question that's, anything oh, that's going that's on that's really interesting and it's so forceful the way he says it and that's why I'm like Alan Cumming my hat goes off you because the yeah. same character same character same, character, same style yeah. delivered in two completely different ways and that it's fascinating. That's just what makes it a wonderful show. It's going to be like 90% Alan Cumming in the show notes. <laughs> All these different <laughs> Alan, Alan I mean, performances. It's such, it, it doesn't, this is why I've, I've in contemplating the Chicago comp- comparison, I find it so interesting. What, mm-hmm. One of the big changes they made while writing Chicago was removing the central narrator role and distributing it among the chorus. Yeah. If you've ever seen Chicago or even the movie, all the narration is done by various members of the chorus. Like, and now, you know, the six merry murderesses and they're different people. That used to be one role where Cabaret succeeds very, very much around this one central narrative, really ambiguous, but filled with character person it's weird you can you go along in the journey you buy into the mc so much yeah. and he can get away with anything. anything because of his status he's just like i am going for it mate oh it's wonderful and then at the end when he becomes a human i guess you just you can you're like ah my, i need my lifeline i need you and he's not there anymore and you're just left to face yeah. Like, yeah, this is what happened. Yeah, when well, you've you've already watched every single other character in the thing get their life destroyed, 
And, exactly. And you're like, I don't, you know, I don't know anything about the MC. I know, I know nothing about him. How can I possibly care about him? And you absolutely do. And it's the worst thing in the world. I don't care much. What what are your feelings about his number? His his eleven o'clock number. Uh see, I have to like think about it in my mind. I don't even remember it. <laughs> so I don't care much. I think was brought into the London revival. Okay. Um it's on the original Broadway. Uh-huh. Um as like a footnote. It's it wasn't in the production. Um and then they brought it into the London production. And it's basically it's the MC mm-hmm. basically singing I Don't Care Much. It's this beautiful kind of dirge style. Uh-huh. Um, Hold on, I gotta listen to this song again. And it's really haunting, very, very chilling. I don't I don't know if I've actually ever... It just might not have been on the... Which is crazy. This is... Oh no, I have listened to this. I thought... is th- So when I watched the telecast, I interpreted... His I don't care much as he is singing for Sally. How do you mean for her? Like, because what did we just come out of? It's before recovery. And it's so, Cliff has just left. I, d- I can't remember if it's, be- if the scene, if their scene is between that or because whether. I think it, I Because th- it'd be weird if they ran I don't care much straight into Cabaret, but maybe they but did. But I think they do because it's her costume change song. Right. I interpreted it as this is, because, because they put, uh, the MC in drag because they're talking about Sally having been fired from cabaret from the Kit Kat Club and then coming back. I had interpreted it as this was the MC singing a song that Sally normally sings. Oh, interesting. And that we're seeing this kind of weird mishmash into Sally's subconscious. I hadn't interpreted it at all as the MC's inner monologue but who knows i well that's the thing i'm trying to try to remember the first time the first example of i saw because i haven't seen this telecast yeah it's it's right after um they have the fight about the baby cliff tells her to wake up we're going to america he runs out sally goes back to the club it's right before cliff gets beat up at the club I had put it. Send me what you're watching. (laughs) It's the. This is. I think you have seen the telecast and you don't know that you've seen the telecast. I know what you're watching. First one that I saw was Broadway. Okay. And I'm going to send you that because it's different. And that's why I've interpreted it. This is one of the confusing things about Cabaret. They've done so much reshuffling of all of the songs. Like they can't decide, oh, wow, this is very different. Right. So. You'll understand what, why I made a point, and I can understand yeah, why you made absolutely. <laughs> That's crazy. We'll put both these videos in the show notes, folks. Yeah. It's Alan Cumming singing this song both times at the same point in the play, but in one of them, he's, you know, nearly naked, wearing just his suspenders, and in the mm-hmm. other one, he's entirely in drag, with yeah. earrings and a dress. That's really interesting. Yeah. I love the song. I love it so much. I love singing it, and it's it's so 
full of emotion. And what I, it's weird because I've spoken to a couple of my friends about it, uh-huh. and they don't like it because they think it humanizes MC. Uh huh. Because it, it, if you take it as his inner monologue, uh huh, then you start to get a sense of him. Uh huh. Which, you know, they feel is like, oh, you don't want that, you want him to remain this kind of ambiguous character. Right. I, on the other hand, love that. I love that. Because it's still, uh-huh. the song itself, it, you know, it's called I Don't Care Much, right. but you couldn't be spending more schmaltz and labour over singing it. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's just as ambiguous as everything else he does, yeah. in my yeah. opinion. And that's why I love it. I'm just obsessed with it, because it's... And like like with Justin, you can pull it in any kind of direction you, you want. Any kind of direction, yeah. And they have clearly same director, same yeah. actor, same production, basically in two entirely different interpretations. It's so good. So yeah, the the non drag one is mm-hmm. the evil Gestapo Alan coming at the end, um, and your one is Jane Horrocks. Oh, yeah, Jane Horrocks. Ah, oh, dear, she's so good. <laughs> she, she's um, fine. She's fine. Hush your mind. It's because you're American. You hate her because she's British. <laughs> and I hate That's all why. British people. All the Brits. Ah, oh, she's just so good. I used to have a girlfriend known as Elsie With whom I shared four sordid rooms in Chelsea She wasn't what you'd call a blushing flower As a matter of fact, she rented by the hour Interestingly enough, about Cabaret, uh-huh. um, the song, <laughs> not uh-huh. the show, <laughs> and talking about interpretations and things, one of my one of my friends, when they did it at school, they did it that uh, she was having the abortion whilst singing oh. Cabaret. Oh, I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> Too much, much. Well, that I I think that's the pro- like that's the problem I have with this the the version I sent you with their ending scene is that so much of it is when it gets to the drama of it all, it's very much right on the nose. And I think you know that a lot of this show is about subtlety and about what's happening off stage, and so mm-hmm. and that to me is so much more interesting. Is you know you you can imagine all sorts of things, but once you put it on stage then you're you're conceptualizing it in the audience's mind, which I think does you a yeah. disservice. I know, I do know what you mean. I think just by the end of the show, though, yeah. it's all broken down, it's all gone to shit. I feel that you can take that breakdown because you know where it's headed. Yeah. The world around these guys is, is breaking. So if you do cabaret kind of Liza style, it's still keeping the fantasy, you're still feeling the fantasy. I don't know. I will say, while I enjoy... Liza Minnelli singing the song Cabaret. I think Liza Minnelli as Sally Bowles singing the song Cabaret in the movie Cabaret is not plot appropriate. Yes. (laughs) It it doesn't make any sense. It's this big celebration, uh, like, you know, ha ha! But that's not, you know, Germany's like going all to shit. We shouldn't be celebrating. And it's weird because I think, um, well, Christopher Isherwood, who wrote the book that it was a kind of based loosely on. based on. Yeah. I apparently hates Liza's portrayal. Huh. And I, I'm like, I get it. I can see that. I get it, Chris, because it's not the character yeah. that you wrote. Because the thing is, is that that wouldn't happen. She wouldn't be performing because she's just too talented. Right. What um, these cabarets show is the 
kind of seedy side of Weimar Germany. Yeah. I'm I'm Weimar Germany obsessed. I, this is my favourite era and I think it's beautiful in a disgusting dark way. <laughs> what the Kit Kat Club represents uh-huh. is this really kind of seedy, low talent and they get it right at many points in the film, I feel. Particularly with the chorus girls. Yeah. Because they just did have all these kind of ugly women who are high on whatever. Oh yeah. Doing whatever yeah because it's the kind of only way they could make money and that's kind of what they were doing but because they were living in this fantasy world of decadence and everything was so schmaltz and fabulous and you know feathers and it was the 30s yeah they could kind of get away with it exactly and that's what the kick club is and then in comes liza mm-hmm. and like knocks <laughs> everyone like, out of the park and you're like exactly. why are you here yeah, it's like, what the hell are you doing? And anyone would get her out of there because they could make a million bucks off her rather than this kind of back-end club. And I think that's always a little bit that's a little bit unbelievable in the show. But, in the film, sorry. But that's okay, we forgive her because it's Liza. That's the problem of the show, is Sally Bowles is not supposed to be a good singer. Like, yeah. in the in the plot of the thing. But as a if you're doing a musical in the real world... You don't want to have someone poorly sing these songs that are in this cabaret between world. You don't think so? But then, no, I'm I'm totally fine with it. I'm saying sing flat, sing whatever, as long as you're acting it. As yeah. long as you're acting it, darling. I just, yeah. I, I think you're going to lose your audience. But no, well then I'm thinking I don't want you in my audience. Because <laughs> you're not, you're not getting, it's, it's theatre, do you know what I mean? It doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to be perfect. If you think about... I, and kind of ironically, mm-hmm. um, Lotte Lenya, who was Schneider in the original. Yeah. Obviously, Lotte Lenya is the kind of Weimar Germany's angel from, you know, the 60s. She was in, in the original kind of threatening opera, and she is the, this wonderful exemplar of what these people were like in that day. Mm-hmm. I feel, you know, and she's notorious for not being able to sing that well. Yeah. But she sings because she goes for it and she's an actor and she acts her way through it. But I think, like, her character has the songs that are appropriate for that. Right. And she's the thing is, is like, she's she's old, so she doesn't necessarily need to sing that great either. But what I think, and again, I'm going to go back to Jane Horrocks because uh-huh. I think she does so well. I, I, I trust Jane Horrocks as an actress. I've kind of looked at enough interviews with her to think that she's done it on purpose or whether it was the kind of musical director who worked with her or vocal coach or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you listen to her, in Cabaret, you can hear it kind of throughout, but she's really listened to these these people who performed in the Cabarets in Weimar, Germany, and that style of singing. Kind of flat and shouty. Flat, shouty, lots of scopes, and, you know, just sailing under the note <laughs> at every opportunity. And I I love that, because that's what it was like at the time. That's authentic to me. I, I don't want to... I actually don't want to sit back and hear a lovely melody, because... Uh-huh. It's, I don't care. I don't care. I'm just like I want you to shock me, and that's what that's what I mean. At that stage, when it gets to cabaret, the song, um, I'm ready for you to slap me across the face because I've I've gone through it with you. I could see that. I think this is this is how we are going to direct our productions of cabaret differently. So differently, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But that's it. That's it. You can do it however yeah. the hell you want, and it's all it's all still like you're still gonna end up with a great product.
now, I think now is the time to talk about cabaret at school. <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of high schools do cabaret. I was looking up Why? these YouTube videos. It's I know. so scary. Well, and that's, oh my god! Like, it starts out super sexual. It has to be super sexual for it to work. It just <sighs> has to be. Exactly, it's what it is. It's, I mean, it's it, it is. It's, it's what it is. These these cabarets were a way for you to kind of go and be dark and exactly. enter the the underworld, and you're yeah. making children. <laughs> and it's so popular. It's so and the, like the now cut telephone song, which is basically like, mm-hmm. "Hey, do you want a prostitute? I'm over here." Yeah, <sighs> it's dark. It's very dark. Um, and the the choreography. The it's things hard. that they're making these children do and wear. Yeah. You know, if you do two ladies in the modern version, you mm-hmm. know, you're making a guy sing falsetto there, really, aren't you? <laughs> like, There's a lot of... And, like, I'm... I understand it. I'm also always for, like, we should never... Like, you're... if By the time you're in high school, I think you're at the point in, in your life where you should be able to know everything about the world. Mm-hmm. Asking high schoolers to do that on stage would make me uncomfortable. I'd feel uncomfortable. How can you... Like, I'm happy to talk to, you know, teenagers as a role model about these kind of issues, right? Yeah. To make them then carry it out, it would, I would not feel good about that. Because the thing is, it, was, it would inhib- inhibit me as a director, because yeah. I'd be like, I want you to grind up against each other, but I'm not going to ask you, feel you to do that asking, because you're right. 16. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, is, what is weird, I think back to asshole high school me, I would have loved mm-hmm. to do cabaret. <laughs> right. Oh my God, though. No, right. Completely. For, completely. for like exactly all those reasons. A hundred percent. But does that mean it's? I know. I know. It's the awful, the awful paradox there. Um, And I mean, like, it it, it has other benefits too. It's about World War Two. Like, Mm -hmm. literally, to understand the show, you have to understand the history of World War Two. Exactly. And what a wonderful way to learn history. Like, I would enjoy that so much more than sitting in a a world history class. Oh God. But just do the sound of music. I was having this discussion with some friends the other day. How many musicals do the Nazis screw up? There are so um, many musicals where, like... Well, they don't screw up the producers. But they do screw up the producers because he breaks his leg. Well, they screw up the specific, sp- the specific producers, but they don't, so you the, know, the ruin producers, their lives. The Sound of Music, Cabaret, yeah. Fiddler on the Roof. Like, clearly, yeah. if you want to write a hit musical, at the end of Act 1, the Nazis have to come in and smash everything. <laughs> I'm try- <laughs> That's a weird point, isn't it? But yeah. yeah it's, but did- I guess, well, it's not like they're going to come in and do something great, are they? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not like you're going to get them in and it's going to be like, happy times. You know what I mean? <laughs> You know, I guess, I mean, generally, if there's Nazis involved, it's probably not going to be a prob- good Probably bad news bears time. if the Nazis show up. And with, with the exception of the producers, but, you know, outliers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and even then, you know, even then. for for them... Um, <laughs> oh my god, what are they called? Leo and... Um, Max. Max. Uh, it doesn't necessarily go well for them. <laughs> that's true, that's true. So the Nazis ruined that for them. Um it's interesting, I know I'm just making this parallel, it's ridiculous in my head, but about the producers uh-huh. and cabaret. Uh-huh. Um, because, obviously, springtime for Hitler, 
uh-huh. the show, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of serves a similar purpose, I guess, as Cabaret, but in a, a kind of different tossed-up form. Because well, I, I think, I mean, I think one of the reasons why so often the Nazis are a plot point is because mm-hmm. they're a very well understood kind of ticking time bomb. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Like That's the nice. mo the moment you know you're in like pre World War Two Germany, you're like, oh, problems abound. N- none of this will last. And they they do it, you know, in their in their own subtle way. Candor and Eb do it in the show. Like, uh, it's Willkommen, Bienvenue, Welcome. English or uh, German, French, English. Mm-hmm. Like we are, we are the very first words of the show are foreshadowing the political happenings that are that are uh, you know the s- stuff that's going to hit the fan. And then mm-hmm. at the end, wonderfully, when he sings um, "Avi Sen, he never says goodbye. He does not. There is no English translation in the goodbye mm-hmm. song that mirrors the welcome song, which is great. Yeah. It's perfect. That's the problem. Yeah knowing that this is all going to happen is what makes the subtlety and like just that's where the book of this show is brilliant you know watching uh what's his face getting his bag inspected on the train is just enough to set up this world we're entering exactly all you need i read a review um of i think it wasn't a 94 the one in between the 94 and the most recent one uh-huh. um in, in london and it just talked about you never stop feeling anxious. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Do you know what I mean? From the start, and that's so true. It's because wonderful. the whole way through, you know something's coming. You know something's coming in the terms of I know what happens in World War Two, right? But you know something's coming that you're not. I don't know. It's just you, it's wonderful. Something you're not gonna like, and it put, and that's and you're constantly on edge, so that you know when. Mm-hmm you know mc is singing two ladies or something you know there's going to be that sting in the tail yeah because they're just that's the that's the moral of this whole show is that there's that sting and it permeates through the whole production i mean the moment that mc mc comes out and is like do you feel good and points at you audience member i bet you do we now know like that fourth wall not there at all and at any oh, moment, exactly. someone's going to come up to you and involve you in the show and, like, you're stuck here and you're already anxious even without all the World War II connotations. Yeah, that's, that's, that's so good. I love political theater. Thank you, Bertolt Brecht, for doing that. But it's not, I mean, it's political theater and it's not political theater. That's the best part I just about mean it. In ter- yeah, in terms of the genre, right. it just of, of bringing you in. Mm-hmm. And slapping you across the face. It's a, it's a, I love a it. tiny little story in a big, big world. I mean, that's even the 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 brilliant part of the whole production design of the revival is that it starts with the little peephole on the door, and all you see are are the MC's eyes, and like we're we're looking into this tiny little window, and then by the end, the whole wall has fallen down, and we're, we're seeing yeah. everything. Like, there's a lot of really intentional metaphorical choices throughout the whole thing. You know, if you're into metaphor, it's your dream. Oh, it's beautiful. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There was a cabaret. And there was a master of ceremonies. And there was a city called Berlin in a country called Germany. It was the end of the world. And I was dancing with Sally Bowles. And we were both fast asleep. Welcome. From the what is what is crazy is ostensibly the show is about Cliff, and we haven't mm-hmm. talked about him at all. No, we have not. Which, well, that's it. Is it, it, see, it's about Cliff in the sense that Cliff got the right idea, right? But we we are. I mean, Cliff is us. Cliff is the audience member. Cliff is the interesting point. I think Cliff is what we want to be. Yeah, but we sometimes necessarily aren't. What do you What do you mean? So let's let's look at the four characters. Let's look at the four characters and what I feel they represent. So we've got Cliff, who is your. I hate this. I don't think this is right at all. I'm going to fight against this. Activist, right? Yeah. You've got Sally, uh-huh. who is. Oh, everything's fabulous here. It's fine. Um, look at this thing. I don't know what word I would apply to this. You're good at this in your I want song things, okay. but I don't know. Distractionist. Let's go for that. Okay, sure. Okay. Taking pleasure in other things. Um, you've got Fräulein Schneider, who is very much like, meh. Yeah, as old as, as, old as time. So what? So what? Yeah. Exactly. And I, I would call that ac- uh, apathy, acceptance. Um, uh-huh. And then you've got... Um, Herr Schultz, who is very much like, it's okay, I'm German. It doesn't matter that I'm Jewish. I'm German. They wouldn't dare do something to me. Denial. Yeah, it's uh, it's just children. It's just children. Exactly. You've got these four types, these archetypes, which again, I think is really kind of shown to you that this is what we mean um, in the the telecast that you're talking about, the, the Donmar, because they have their line, the kind of these key lines at the, at the end yeah, that they go through. The, in the finale. Just children, mischievous children on their way to school. You understand? I understand. One does what one must. It'll all work out. It's only politics. And what has that got to do with us? You're kind of sitting there and you're like, well, which of these four camps? Do I belong to? Now, that's it. Obviously, we all want to belong to Cliff, and we all want to say, I would totally fight back. Yeah. But look at what's happening at the moment, okay? Yeah. And look, this podcast going to get deep. <laughs> the nonsense that's happening mm-hmm. over in the States with uh-huh. Donald Trump. And it's any think of any stance that we have. You do get these people who go out and protest and are these activists, but I think a lot of us are or like bystanders. We're Sally's or we're we're Schneiders. We're like, ah, I know that's happening and I, I don't yeah. agree with it, but what can I do? Yeah. Or we're 
oh, I know, I know, but look. Right. Look at the sale. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's on in town. I got to go to that. Yeah. That's what it is. And that's what is so shocking at the end because you're like, ah, that's me. Like, that is me. I think the rough part is the only, even Cliff, like, Cliff fails. Cliff mm-hmm. gets beat up. Like, Cliff yeah. runs away. So I think even classifying him as the, you know, no, no one wins. No one actually comes out of this on top. Everyone sucks. And mm-hmm. it's World War II. No one wins, of course. I, I don't know. Your characterization of, of Cliff challenges me because I think Cliff is a bit of a coward. He, I mean, he is, but out of the four of them, he's the most active. Yeah. And he does. He has a fight at the end. He does have you a fight. I mean, he goes. But he, he starts the whole show having run away from France. Like, mm-hmm. but, he's, but at the very start of the show as well, though, he is annoyed by what's happening. Is that because he's a fighter or is that because he's an outsider? Everyone else has been, you know, we're slowly turning the thumbscrews of this and mm-hmm. like bit by bit, tiny by tiny. And so you don't see those things going on when you're in the middle of it. Whereas Cliff yeah. arrives via train and he's like, what is this crazy world you have created around here? Didn't, can none of you see this? Well, I guess he goes through that change because he, I mean, I don't think you can deny by the end he's, he's trying, he tries. He does try. He's the only one that tries. He is the only one that tries. But when you're one out of, you know, and that's the point of the show is that you can't beat the Nazi party in those days because they were everywhere. It's interesting though, thinking about kind of the character journeys because Mm -hmm. Sally doesn't, I I wish I wish she had a moment or a bigger moment or a something after Cabaret. Uh Uh-huh. Because I get Cabaret, and Cabaret is this wonderful where all of the previous Kit Kat Club songs are kind of commentary on the outside world. Yeah. It's either the MC or Sally or whoever singing this song vaguely related to the outside world. In Cabaret, we're seeing Sally as herself dealing with the outside world, ostensibly performing an interior Kit Kat Club song. Yep. And that's what's beautiful about it. But then it's filled with so much m- metaphor and illusion. You know, it would be v- beautiful to watch her, like, not be able to finish the song or mm-hmm. reach some kind of breaking point there or have some moment afterwards this is where i don't know what i want because i would say in terms uh, do you mean like vulnerability i mean some you want like to see vulnerability cabaret, or... cabaret is where sally changes right cabaret is where we watch either e- depending upon you know directorial choices and actor choices either right before or during we're either watching the results of the change or watching the like change in sally happen we don't you know life is not a cabaret Life is rough and difficult, and I'm singing this song about how life is a cabaret. And like that, we watch her interior struggle. Like life, (laughs) you know, Elsie, while she wanted to live this opulent life, did die. She's dead. There is this, um, the, because we've admitted to bootlegs, I watched Emma Stone do... Cabaret. I've not, I've not seen it. I've if, not seen it. If you can bring yourself to look at the bootleg, the when she sings that line, uh, the day she died, the neighbors came to snicker. She takes uh-huh. a wonderful beat there that I've never heard any other performer take. Welcome to the- 
soldier Bruce and Chelsea. She wasn't what she's called, a blushing flower. As a matter of fact, she rented by the hour. The day she died, the neighbors came to stay up. So much more beautiful. In all other performances, Sally kind of brushes off like the the remembered death of her friend is like, but she <laughs> wanted to live, and so it's beautiful. But to watch Sally contemplate this concept of death, this contemplate that this wonderful world we live in comes to an end, it's it was very moving. It was surprisingly moving based upon what I had thought. Emma Stone was going to bring to this. I love her. I did not think she was going to do it very well, but it's a very good performance. Okay, I'll check it out. I will check it out. But so I think, like, that's the the rub with me, is that song, Cabaret. How much do you think she changes, though? Do you, right, so after Cabaret happens, Cliff's gone. Uh-huh. What's she going to do? Right. She's not going to become a revolutionary and activist. Right. I mean... She's going to she's gonna do what she does. She's going to keep going. Do, well, but you can't. World War II happens. Does she run away? <laughs> Like, you know, what, what no, is... No, World War Two happens, but what happened to the... I mean, World War Two is happening at that point. Right. Do you know what I mean? Because she's not... I mean, she's not Jewish. I don't know what happened to British people in Germany. That's the question. What, what happens to Sally? Sally's kind of the only one we don't have a lot of, lot of idea on where she ends up. You know, mm-hmm. we, we can assume Herr Schultz ends up in a camp... We can probably assume Fräulein Schneider continues her complacency in this all and tries to get by. We know Cliff mm-hmm. runs away. We know the MC ends up in the camp. What happens to yeah. Sally? She's still singing in this Kit Kat club, in the movie at least, and they're different stories, but we see that like the club continues even into Nazi Germany. We're yeah. seeing you know all the armbands through the, the mirror and the glass. Like, that contemplating what happens to like i because i don't have a clear picture in my and like i don't have a clear picture in my mind and the ambiguity is not exciting sometimes it's fun to not know sometimes it's that's the point is like what happened to Mm. her but i don't find that fun either which smells slightly of poor ambiguous choices you know what i mean Uh uh-huh like i i want something more there whether it's more intentional ambiguity like very clearly we don't know what happens to sally or like it's two different choices and like you know we we cut to she runs to the train station and cliff is like come with me and then the lights go out and we don't know whether she went with cliff or not but there's that Mm -hmm. option some Mm -hmm. some sort of paring down of those choices i think helps improve the ending more like th- I, this is this is this is my problem with sally i think it's I, I, literally I, the reason i don't think it's a problem for me is that i haven't thought about it until this very moment yeah <laughs> do you know what i mean like for what sure. happens to sally i kind of just you're like well she's she's effed do you know what i mean yeah. she's but we spend so much time with her we spend so much time with everyone there and we see everyone else fail or run or cower but we don't we don't but drive we don't, that through with we, sally we don't, though. 
because you, we, every everyone ends at the same point as Sally does. We don't, Cliff might get off the train and run back. You know, I mean, you you don't you see him at the train station. You never see him get on the train. Um, so we don't necessarily see what happens to everyone. Yeah, so I guess we, they, they all kind of end at this coda where yeah. it's like World War Two happens, like you say, World War Two happens, right. and who knows? Who and knows? It's almost like it doesn't matter because it's happening to everyone. I guess that's true. I wish. I wish the. I guess I wish the it doesn't matter was more poignant, maybe. Okay. Like, that's that's where, like, I'm, I'm wanting the intentional ambiguity. It's, it is, it's really interesting how there are different takes on it, because I, do, I don't empathize with them as characters. I'm not, like, I, I don't, I'm not like, ah, your journey. I'm just like, ah, your archetype. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, for me, I'm more interested in well, what does your message mean in the grand scheme of things? But I guess that's it's two different opinions of seeing the show, isn't it? I love also. I love that I call it cabaret and you call it cabaret. Cabaret. I think. I wonder if <laughs> there's that's a note regional or if that's just us. That, a very good point, actually. World. World. Tell us. How do, how do you, you say, say cabaret? Cabaret. Cabaret. Or cabaret. Where's your? Or do you say cabaret? Probably that. That's probably we're both saying it wrong in the accents. Ah, uh, yes. I wonder what. Well, that's what they say in the show: cabaret to cabaret to cabaret. Uh, but that's not. But when uh um when she sings, life life is a cabaret, old chum. There you go. That's true. And that's accents. You know, that's Germany that's and true. London. Who knows? <laughs> Whatever that like unattainable feeling that that theater can create, cabaret does yeah. it in a wonderful way. And that's a bit because like if you if you really look at the the production design mm-hmm. of the Donmar production, yeah. so many little tiny nods tiny things to um, Weimar Germany. It just yeah. and a lot of it to do with Alan Cumming. Yeah. But his, his makeup and hair is is done mm-hmm. a lot, like just a lot of um, Otto Dix paintings and stuff. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably put one in the show notes for sure to show what what I mean because there's there's one that's like you could put them side by side and be like ah let's go. I love when productions end up like that. Yeah, well, they did that in in the movie. There were so many. I think that's again, it's the movie being the turning point for, <laughs> for the yeah. show um, because there's um, a scene in the movie that is literally an Otto Dix painting, and they've just. And they've just made it. Yeah, they've just copied it, and it's it's great. I love it because it's just it's that that's the aesthetic of the the time. Awesome. Oh, it's so good. The movie, isn't it? It's, it's a great really movie. good. It's a moving movie. Is it? Is it your favorite movie adaptation? Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, no. sorry. Yeah, yours is um yours is Rent, isn't it? No, <laughs> God. Um, <laughs> it's not my favorite because it's different. Um, and this is just a sticking point with me. But mm-hmm. it is different. Too much. When you move something to a movie, I understand subtle changes because you're in a different medium. Cabaret is rewritten to be a Liza Minnelli film, and it's a different story under the same name, which rubs me the wrong way for no good reason. I don't. I don't think I've talked about this much in the podcast, but mm-hmm. I hope I am with Bob Fosse. Choreography is beautiful. Yeah, well, the direction is beautiful. Oh, Bob yeah, Fosse is my guy. That that man. Um, I am obsessed and study him and his work mm. because i need to work out 
the yeah. magic because there is a magic about it. It's completely indisputable. He, you know, how you can create a form of dance in this day and age that hasn't been done. It's amazing. <sighs> and and then in its simplicity and subtlety, like I think you know, uh, Kander Neb said, the, the first thing they ever wrote of this show is still in it. It's that vamp, that bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum. And you just picture yeah. the Fosse choreography with it. The, like the little you, like it's, hip thing it's, it's, it's just a part of it but it's not mm-hmm. but it is and any obviously you know it's not choreographed any recent productions um, <laughs> yeah. i think he's camping somewhere at the moment he's on holidays Probably. to yeah, least. um yeah he's the simpsons did this episode yeah. where it kind of foreshadows he's out, he's out with uh, rickman and bowie they're having a grand old yeah time. they're chilling so, out. some people um, have two people Bob Fosse has Alan Rickman and... What a wonderful trio. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, I'm just now imagining Alan Rickman doing tiny little wrist twirls. He would do it so well. I mean, you know know David Bowie's got it, but he would... Alan Rickman, yeah. (laughs) Um... Yeah, so you were saying, like, you see it, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And 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 that's it, is any choreography you see of any of the, the recent revivals... Yeah. It's just completely influenced by Belfast. You exactly. can't take it away now. You can't take it away. Because if you do, it's crap. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> it doesn't he, work. He found, <laughs> it's not very often, I think, in musical theatre, especially with something as ambiguous as Cabaret, where someone finds the way to do the thing. Like, the, <laughs> yeah. I think in Les Mis, jumping off the bridge and having it fly up in the air... That's the way to do the thing. Maybe. In Sweeney Todd, well, maybe. Um, in Sweeney Todd, like, having the chair go in this particular way and having them go through the trapdoor and the floor. Maybe. Well, not explicitly, is the way to do the thing. And, like, yes, we should have options that, but, like, you got, you got to have a damn good better way to do it if you're going to replace it. Yeah. I just think it's the same with anything Fosse does. He does no yep. wrong, in my my he opinion. Everything he's done, uh-huh. and it's it's not like he's got a shtick. Yeah, everything he's done is identifiable to the thing that it to is the, exactly. Whether that is the kind of quirky, weird stuff that goes on and how to succeed, mm-hmm. or whether it's the completely different, quirky and weird stuff that goes on in cabaret yeah which is very typical to a lot of kind of 1930s yeah you know jazz era yeah um or whether it's the just kind of out and out what on earth is going on nonsense in sweet charity and and is so still identifiable as his style like i can't think of an artist that does both so well but that's it they don't they don't because it's 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 fossy it's not you know, it's like it's I to me, and I know it's not true, but to me, saying Fosse is like saying jazz or saying ballet. Yeah, it's a form. It's so many you know different I mean? things. Obviously, it's, it's a form of jazz. I'm right. not, you know, I'm not stupid. Right. But it's so particular and so disciplined. Um, do you know why Fosse looks the way Fosse? I say Fosse. Why Fosse dancing looks the way Fosse dancing? No, looks. why? Um, because that is the way that Fosse was built. So Fosse was pigeon-toed. Uh-huh. Um, and he had a little bit of a hunch. So when he danced... That's just how he was. That's what it looked like. And he choreographed these shows in his body. Huh. So thank God... Yeah, thank God for Bob He Fosse. was like that because it's amazing. Yeah. And is that... And I always wonder this. I'm like, is that is it because it's so human? Is it because you're not? he's not trying to be something else? Mm-hmm. He's just a guy yeah. doing this stuff and working it out. Is yeah. that what makes it so... 
it, it's whatever it is. Is yeah. that the joie de vivre of Fosse? Bye. Bye. Well, my liberal, it was a fine affair, but now it's over. And though I used to care, I need the open air. You're better off without me, mine hair. Don't dab your eye, mine hair, or wonder why mine hair. I've always said that I was a rover. Mustn't knit your brow, you should have known by now You'd every cause to doubt me, man, hair Bye-bye, man, hair, I have, unrelated to this, a bunch of people sent us double song musicals that we should do. So, last time I had a, a very half-assed quiz about song titles that are in two musicals. Um, I don't even remember the ones I said. You said... Supper time. Some, no, that, supper time. Which is in both Your Good Man Charlie Brown and Little Shop of Horrors. Horrors, yeah. And Right Hand Man. Yes. From Hamilton, Hamilton. And of course, Something's Rotten. Jimmy's favorite, favorite musical. musical. Something Rotten. And all of you wonderful internet people sent us a bunch of other song titles that are into musicals. And so we I thought. Know, thank you for doing that. Thank you so much. These are these are a lot of fun. There are more than I thought there were. Yeah. We've created a parlor game. <laughs> Let's make an app. <laughs> this would be good. You, next time next time you're um you're you're out with a bunch of musical theater friends, stump your friends with these songs. Exactly. So Jimmy, the first double song on my list okay, is right. and this one's kind of a stretch, I think, but I think you'll like it. Is telephone song okay well cabaret <laughs> right and this is and why then... i think it's a stretch <gasps> no miss saigon miss saigon i was thinking is that not your answer <laughs> no my answer was bye bye birdie with telephone hour Have you heard which about is sometimes da, 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 da. sometimes billed as the telephone song is there a telephone no, there... song in miss saigon uh, i'm just gonna confirm it just gonna speak to my people and confirm <laughs> that one yeah uh, miss saigon the yes. telephone good for you yeah. how proud are you of me you might have you might have got that and i was wrong that's probably what they intended ah uh, all right I, so... I feel so can we just stop the game now because i want to just write on this story <laughs> give me one time zero <laughs> before descending into awfulness which is where we're headed okay um, you ready you ready for the okay, second I'm really one really proud of that yeah i'm ready I this one this one that. stumped me actually so far i'm alive okay next to normal next to normal and then are they meaning jekyll and hyde and they're getting that wrong oh maybe what's the name of the actual song in jekyll and hyde alive alive maybe they're meaning that <laughs> I'm just like, and there's no other one. Sorry. Yeah, I mean that's there's that's no the only thing I, I could think it, of. So. And we we did offer like room for for yeah, exactly, exactly. So that, that could be that could be. But I would have liked the aim to have been in brackets if that was the intention. That's, that's are, true, are, you that's are you googling? Are you googling? I'm not. Go I'm not googling. I'm just taking down our our guesses for these. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, let's not find. What can they tell us? Yet? Can, can we just Google? I want to know now. <laughs> if we're wrong, you gotta let us know, listeners. Or if you have a uh -huh. better option, you just you gotta. You're you're our only hope. Uh, the next one is the abduction. Oh Christ! I know one the of them. Abduction is What's the one of them. The Fantastics. There's a song called "The Abduction" and "The Fantastics." I believe it's the subtitle because its proper title is "The Rape Ballet." 
I've choreographed the Fantastics. I don't know what this is. Why haven't I choreographed this song? Because uh, it's cut a lot? Because it's it's about rape? Oh, maybe it's cut. Yeah, but I don't Obviously. know the other one. I have no the abduction. For that. The abduction. Is there any, like, alien that one, musicals? That one has stumped me. Look our Wiley listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Next on the list, All This Time. I feel like that's one I should know. I got nothing. It, it totally feels like a song that could be in any show. And I know. I don't know. One of our old X Factor winners before you guys had X Factor, um, called Michelle McManus. She's Scottish. Had a song called "All This Time." That's probably um, it. And that's all I've got going through my head. And I can't. <laughs> it's so bad that the, I can't think do, of anything else. Do you right think now. people tweeted at us names of songs that aren't actually in musicals? Like they're just trying to mess with us. Yeah, they're just songs. <laughs> I know. Maybe. That would be fun. Because again, that would be the only reason we wouldn't know because we know everything. Absolutely. We are the experts. We wrote yeah. everything. About I got nothing theater. on all this time. If you know of two musicals with a song all named this All This Time in it, you should tweet at us at Jim and Tomek on Twitter. Here, you want a low ball? I'll give you a low ball. Are you going to give me Santa Fe? <laughs> I am going to give you Santa Fe. <laughs> Everyone tweeted this one at us. I think it's wonderful. Know, which is like. It's a good one. It's a really good it's a one. Really That's good exactly one. what we want. Santa, Santa Fe, Fe is in Rent. And Newsies. Both, surprisingly, songs about leaving New York to go to Santa Fe. Go to Santa Fe. It's a really... Funny. Yeah, isn't it weird? Jonathan Larson. It's not... It's not... The, the musicals have nothing <laughs> else in common. <laughs> They're both set in New York, Tommy. Yeah, well, it's Come all on. embodied in that song, Santa Fe. Yeah. Um, next on the list, I only have one half. Brand New Day. Brand New Day. One of them you must know. One of them is The Wiz? Yeah, The Wiz. Yeah, recently telecast. I was really worried I was going to get yeah. um, I couldn't remember if that's what it was called. Maybe it's in Hair. Hair's got like 90 songs. Hair, and I feel that they like might sing about songs. a Brand New Day. Brand New Day. Hair. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. No. Oh, you know what? It's going to be something what? stupid. Wait, I have heard this song. Uh, Would you mean something stupid as something obvious? No, it's like <laughs> it's something that's not a stage musical. Well, then I don't want to hear it. <laughs> that is not what we asked for. No, but it is a musical. It's just not a stage musical. Um, is it from uh, Doctor Horrible? I have only seen that once years ago, so I don't know. <laughs> Me maybe. too. That's why I'm like, I don't know. Give it a Google. Go for that. Take that. Yeah. Dr. Horrible Sing Along Blood, well Brand done. New Day. Pull that out. Is there of a button. song called The Abduction in that as well? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one. That was a good one. Um, next on the list is No More. Okay. No More Into the Woods. Into the Woods. And... No More. Do you know this one? No, I only know Into the Woods. Maybe it's like No, comma, More. Mm. No, More! <laughs> I said no uh, more. Uh, isn't there a song? Oh, I can hear it in my head. It's like, Leap no more, the fire stops. It's, it's like, um, uh, uh, oh, that, no, that's Fear No More from the Frogs. That's what that is. Is it called No More? I no, you wouldn't have to, so it's called No More. You would never I think do it's that. called Fear No More. Yeah. He'd never do that. Unless that's what people mean, but... Uh, it'd be, it'd be, you've been in the rules a little too much, if that's what yeah. you meant. 
I just thought I had it there, and then I was just singing a different part of No More. It's <laughs> 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 like, because, like, yeah, No More, that's da 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 da. And then I thought, no, no. I was like, what one's that? Well, it's the same song. Same song. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. No More. Yeah, I don't know either. This is bad, isn't it? I know. This is, it, it proved to be these. a really, a really uh, successful stumping quiz. Um, the rest of these yeah. get a little easier. Um, although this next one, I don't know. Without You? Without You, Rent. Rent. And. and um, uh, oh, no. Oh, Google spoiled it for me. Oh, what uh, did it do? It told me it, what it, it, it will tend to do that. Yeah. Wait, what is it then? Oh, is it um, My Fair Lady? In my Fair Lady, Without You. Yeah. That's yeah. fine. I do. I all. That's a good because one. My fair lady, yeah, that is a good one. I don't know my fair lady very well. I got four more. You and I. Okay. Lady Gaga. Right. That's what I was thinking. Will Young. <laughs> right. Like, is this what they mean? Lady Gaga. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they don't. I can't think of any musical. This is mm. so bad. Have I you know. got one? No. This is going to showcase all these musicals we don't know. I know this is great, though. Uh, I'll put in the show notes, or we'll put um, the list of the ones we didn't get. And so you can go uh-huh. through, dear listener, and see if you, you have stumped Jimmy and Tommy. And we'll trust that you didn't Google them. Yes. We're putting our faith in you. The next one is easier. Tomorrow. Okay. Annie and Bugs Malone. Is there a tomorrow in Bugsy Malone? Tomorrow, tomorrow, oh, yeah. never comes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that called tomorrow? Is that called tomorrow never comes? There's a question. Uh, I think it's called tomorrow, actually. <laughs> I, I bet you're right. It is just and, called tomorrow. You're right. Bugsy Malone. Yeah. There you go. Um, I love that song. Oh next on the list is I Believe. I Believe. Uh-huh. And is there... And I Believe in Shrek... No, you're thinking of you're thinking of I'm a believer. I'm a believer. Which That's is a it. different song. <laughs> okay. I believe. I believe the children are the future. Oh no, I know what it is. Um, uh, we've done it. I believe, I believe, I believe. Oh, I believe. Okay, no, we have to edit that. No, so that we gotta that. leave it in because it's so funny. Isn't that just called? Isn't that just called believe? Oh no, yeah, just just believe. Oh, you know, easy, easy. That's from Spring Awakening. Oh, clearly, obviously. Did you not hear me say that? I said it like last week. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Uh, I wow. believe from Book of Mormon and Spring Awakening. It's tough because there's such. All these are such different songs that end up I with know. the same title that it's hard to keep track of them. The last one, which is beautiful, <sighs> so which we, we talked about post-podcast, was uh, Maria. Oh, yeah. Do you remember this one? Well, I obviously know where's the story, but I can't remember what the other one was, though. Um, it was because it wasn't Sound of Music. It was Sound of Music. Oh, it was Sound of Music. Yeah, isn't that song called Maria? Is it? Is it not called How Do You Solve a Problem? Maybe it's, is it How Do You Solve a Problem, like, in brackets, Maria? It's just called Maria. Yeah, it is oh, How okay, Do You then. Solve a Problem, like Maria, but the song is just called Maria. Oh, From well, West Side Story <laughs> and Sound of Music. <laughs> isn't that funny? Oh, man. I'm so annoyed about Spring Awakening. It's so hard when you're put on the spot. So, so far, it's the fine. ones... People can't argue that we don't we don't know Spring Awakening. We, t- we did a whole podcast about it. We did guys. do a whole okay. podcast about it. And we did... I did I did remember it. <laughs> it took a couple seconds. That's true. 
Um, so the wow. ones that'll end up in the show notes that are stumping us yep. are the abduction. The abduction. All this time. Can I, can I Google them now that we've finished the segment? We once after after we're done with this show, Jimmy and I will Google them so that if you're right, listeners, we can let you know if you exactly. Got it right. So here and are the also ones. Also, so we can sleep. <laughs> and also sleep. So the abduction. All this time. No more. Ye- and you and I. These are the four. We're not sure about. And put in if we've got one. So, like, for no more, we know one of them is into the woods. We know one of them is into the woods. For the abduction, we're pretty sure it's the Fantastics. Um, for all this time, and you and I, we're stoked. Michelle McManus, the X Factor hit. Yep, that's it. That's, prob- that's absolutely it. The great musical hit. X. Isn't there an X Factor the musical, though? Uh, it's called I Can't Sing. It's not called X Factor musical. But does it have the song You and I in it? It does not. Okay, well... Yeah, we will never, ever talk about I Can't Sing on this podcast. Otherwise, I will leave the podcast. But Jimmy, we just did. Yeah, but I mean, we'll never discuss it. Everyone, Jimmy left. Jimmy's not here anymore. He walked away from the microphone. This is someone new. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, I'm Jimmy's brother. Jimmy 2.0. John. John. That was that was fun. That was good. That was good. We got political. I'm sweating a little bit. <laughs> political sweat. Uh so n- yeah. next next week, Jimmy, we're both we're both taking our medicine and we're gonna talk about nine, the musical. I know. So, yeah, I know. I haven't watched the movie yet. You've told me it's gonna be awful. I know what I'm. What would be funny uh-huh. is if you loved it and you're like, "What are you talking oh, God, about? This changed my be... life. It's the best thing I've ever seen." Either way, that's um, probably how I'm going to start the podcast next week, just to just to throw you off. Um, it's interesting. It's I, I don't like it, mm-hmm. but there's so much I love about it. Yeah. Okay, that's... and that that weird, ambiguous nonsense thought is what I'm going to leave with. Today. I'm I'm interested to, to see that. We're also we'll maybe we'll touch on some other Kander and Eb mishmashy facts for Kander and Eb. I month. hope we do exactly because it is it's Kander and Eb month. We can't just talk about the best and the worst. Absolutely, so, we got to talk about talk everything about in between. The jam in between. <laughs> um, have you got a quiz question for? Us? I do have a quiz Tomas. question to leave our listeners with. If you know the answer to this quiz question, tweet us twitter.com/slash Jim and Tomic. Um, you can find it all over the place. Uh, we talked a lot about Jimmy Liza Minnelli on this podcast. Yes, we did. This question is about Liza Minnelli. With a Z. With a Z. Not with an S. This series of popular children's books is rumored to be based upon Liza Minnelli's childhood. <gasps> this series of popular children's books is rumored to be based upon Liza Minnelli's childhood. What are they what could it be? What could it be? If you know the answer, tweet us. Let us know. Let us know. That was a good one. It's good to be back, T. Woo! Happy New Year! Happy Cabaret! Happy New Year. Happy Cabaret. Ah. Ah. Good. Okay. Right. Have a good one.
Have you ever seen um, Liza Minnelli lamp? <laughs> Somebody better turn off this lamp. What was they a doodle somewhere? Rascal, Liza, honey, we gotta we gotta make it to the show. Remember this? So good. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.